one, or two, or three, or four, but five, force five. Welcome to the Force 5 Podcast, a show where I force my guests to come up with a movie-themed top five list, and then we talk about our picks on air. I'm your host, Jason Kleberg, and today my guest is Ben, an old friend from DVD Talk. How's it going, Ben? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good tonight. How about yourself? Not too bad. Where are you located, by the way? I know you're in the central time zone, but I have no idea where you're from. I live in the OK state of Oklahoma. Nice. And uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. I am a big lover of movies for a long time, my whole life, really. In fact, that's kind of the first thing I ever really wanted to do with myself was be a movie critic, uh, right behind Cop, of course. I remember finding out in the first grade that Siskel and Ebert were a thing. That kind of dates me there. And then just kind of thinking that this was an amazing thing to do, to talk about movies. And, uh, you know, right now I'm using my corona downtime to go back to school. I'm getting a degree in finance and starting a new chapter here. Hopefully after quarantine is finally over. Well, that is a good plan. People have to find things to stay productive during the quarantine. And that's kind of why I created this podcast. Yeah, I guess yours is going to help out in the long run. Mine probably will not. So good, good for you on that one. I know you said you're a big movie fan. What are some of your favorite movies just in general? Maybe some that wouldn't find their way to our list topic today. Well, I lean very sci-fi horror. So movies like The Thing from 1982 or... Uh, Aliens would probably top out my list, but you know, not only sci-fi horror. I like sci-fi kids movies too, such as Wally. And why don't you tell everybody what the list topic you chose for today is going to be? So for today, we picked uh, your top five boutique Blu-rays. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, boutique Blu-rays, for those that don't know, are these smaller outlets that release movies that normally wouldn't get great releases, or they flew under the radar. Uh, just put out by smaller companies, and they deserve your attention. So we're going to be pulling five each of boutique Blu-rays that you need to check out. So that should be a lot of fun. Before we get to that, of course, we got to talk about what we have been watching lately. I know you have a ton that you've been watching because you went through the October Horror Challenge, uh, but I'm going to kick it off with something that I've been watching. I know before air, we were talking a little bit about TV shows and how I'm trudging my way through some that I'm still trying to work through. And one of those is Fargo season four. You sure about this? You remember what happened to the Irish? Italians, they're the past. We're the future. They just don't know it yet. We're the goddamn Roman Empire. They still control trucking, the unions, the railroad. I see you've met my daughter. Your, your daughter? The one and only. Oh, yeah. Now I see it. Huh. Have you seen any of the Fargo TV series? I have not. I really want to, though. I, I loved the movie. I haven't had a chance to check out the series. I'm always worried when they're making a series out of a, a movie, especially a movie that is so a movie that I love so much, like Fargo. Uh, season one, though, great. 
Season two, pretty good. Season three, pretty good. And season four, starting off pretty good as well. I'm about eight episodes in. Uh, it's definitely a different feel than the first three seasons. Kind of a motif throughout the show. It's just each season has a different time period, a different area. We introduce Chris Rock in this season. To me, I think he's really the only weak link. He is always just Chris Rock to me. He, he can't blend into a role, but the crime stories are interesting. The dialogue is great. There's just some confusing character choices that I'm not 100% bought in on. I can't really make an honest uh, review of it until I've seen the whole thing, but I do highly recommend the Fargo series just in general. I think it's really good TV. Well, I'll have to check it out. So what I'm watching right now is uh, Heroes. I'm watching that again. Do you ever get the feeling like you were meant to do something extraordinary? Yes, we are all special. Some individuals, it is true, are more special. You should know who you are and know that it's enough. I think I'm old enough for you to tell me who my real parents are. It begins as a single individual. Mom? Seemingly ordinary, except they're not. It's one of those series that I for whatever reason, keep coming back to. And I don't know why, you know, you got that great first season and then the really the whole show just kind of falls apart and, you know, into season two, three and four. But, you know, I keep putting it on, forgetting those last couple seasons. And, you know, I keep getting mid season two and three and be like, ah, why am I watching this again? (laughs) I didn't even know there were three seasons. Oh, for Heroes, there's four seasons and there's the new series which I haven't watched yet. I tried to watch it, but I kept falling asleep. I'll have to give that a check out after I finally forced my way through. I think I'm in season three now. So, Man, I got the HD DVD back in the day when uh, they had an add-on for the Xbox 360 and there was some deal where you got Heroes the first season with it. And I know I went through the first season and really liked it, but I heard just terrible things about the second season and I never went back. Yeah, you can probably stop there. I think that's probably good enough. There are scenes and characters that are likable from the later seasons, but overall, it's it's just a big mess. That's Heroes. Uh, I think it started in the early 2000s, like the mid, maybe early mid 2000s and something like that. I don't have a date on me. Cool. Um, I'll move on to one other thing that I've been watching and then I'll talk about something that I've been playing. But uh, first, the last thing that I've been watching Speaking of boutique Blu-ray releases, I just recently got in Dial Code Santa Claus from Vinegar Syndrome. Merry, merry Christmas. Don't change kids, stay with us. Stay a little Jesus. Hold on to my Dial Code Santa Claus is from 1989. It was a highly sought after release. It's a French film that Vinegar Syndrome finally put out a disc of, and it's a 4K disc, which looks great. Uh, Essentially, it's what some people view as the inspiration for 1990s Home Alone. So this is a 
a very similar story of a kid in a house on Christmas Eve and an intruder comes into the house and the child has to make traps in order to keep away from this evil Santa Claus. After I gave it a watch, I really don't see a, a ton of similarities between this and Home Alone, but it's still a pretty fun movie. Uh, the villain, who is dressed up as Santa Claus, as you might imagine, is really quite scary. He's got this interesting, not much going on behind the eyes look to him, and I feel it's really effective. It's a very original premise as well. If you think about how many movies after this came out that mirror the Home Alone kind of structure, this is really the first to do it. It's not without its flaws. The house that the thing takes place in, it takes place in this castle of a toy store magnate that is just kind of a bonkers house. There's structural modifications just made for this kid's in-house war games just between him and his dog, like trap doors in the, in the ground that just lead to a soft net. The, the main character, this 10-year-old kid, he's supposed to be a genius, but I never really bought it. I do think this film makes one criminal sin, and that's that the filmmaker thinks that his audience is stupid. Uh, it really tries to hammer things home that we already as an audience get. For example, there's a moment in the beginning of the film where this dog is running through a hallway, and this kid Thomas presses a button on his wrist the button that he presses activates a trap door that releases in the middle of the hallway. So we get it. Like we know there's a trap door there later on when somebody's going through the hallway, you know, he's going to fall in this trap, but the filmmaker decides that we need a refresher and we get a flashback of when the dog went through that trap door, you know, just 30 minutes before. So I really think that the, the filmmaker thinks very little of his audience or thought very little of his audience when he was making this film. We're not stupid. We know what's coming. You didn't need to show us. How much of that is for export, do you think? Like, how much of that is him thinking, you know, I'm going to get this movie out to other countries and I've got to really hammer home the plot points so that it translates well? Some of that might have been true, but it's really telegraphed. And I, I think that we could have done without it. For all the hype that it garnered as this rated R diehard slash Home Alone mashup, I guess I was expecting more, but it is a great looking movie. They did a great job with the 4K disc, and there's a ton of extras on here. There's even like a feature length commentary or a feature length interview with the director, which is really cool. And they also got the lead actor to give an interview. So, man, I've always wanted them to do that on Home Alone. Why can't they get Macaulay back to do an audio commentary? He's not doing anything. I know. Macaulay, Macaulay, Culkin, Culkin, I think is his actual name now. Oh, yeah, I did read that. Yeah. <laughs> You have sold me on that one. I'm going to pick it up. Yeah, check it out. Dial code Santa Claus. In France, it was called 3615 Code Pere Noel. Uh, it's also known as Deadly Games in some places, but you're going to find it under uh, under Dial Code Santa Claus at Vinegar Syndrome. You really can't go wrong with their 4K discs. Pretty much any of them you pick up are going to be a, a good time. I agree, and one may come up on my list later. All right. Um, as you know, we both did the uh, October Horror Movie Challenge, so I'm in a bit of a horror detox mode so the most recent movie i've watched is savannah smiles from 1982 
searching for true love. I've never felt such a powerful need for anybody in my whole life. And earning a living in their chosen profession. Oh, this pollen's getting to you too, I see. Shut up! This is a stick-up! Help! Help! Somebody help! I'm being murdered! Help! Oh, help! Help! Uh, this is a movie about a six-year-old girl who runs away from home and jumps in the car with these two criminals who are on the lam. And, you know, it's a bit of a schmaltzy movie. She kind of changes them for the better. There's a bit of them thinking they're going to ransom her for a while, but then they, you know, fall in love with her as a person. Everybody comes out the end just having had a better life. You will get a bit misty when you're watching it, not to the degree of, say, up. It's not like an emotional punch in the guts as that movie is, but be prepared to get a little misty. Cool. This is one I've not heard of. How do you how did you find this? Is it a disc release? This is a disc release. I had never heard of it myself, and this is an interesting, you know, side topic of boutiques kind of curating movies. This was a release from MVD. And that's the only reason I got it is because MD, MVD put it out and they had it on sale last Black Friday. So, I picked it up and tugged on the heartstrings a little bit. Great watch with the daughter. That's cool. I've uh, I've not heard of this, but I do love MVD, so uh, I will see if I can find that coming this Black Friday. Oh yeah, I'm going to have to top off on MVD this Black Friday, especially with Split Second. I've been waiting to pick that up all year. I've got one other thing that I want to talk about. It's not something that I've been watching, but it's actually something that I've been playing. I found myself with some extra time, and of course it was October, so I was playing Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. This is a very cinematic game. It's very scary and really atmospheric. I'm only probably about a quarter of the way through, but it's been a wild ride so far. And I feel like I haven't been this scared in a video game since maybe the first Resident Evil. When I first played the first Resident Evil back in my high school years on the PlayStation, I didn't know what to expect. And it really terrified me and the friend that I was playing it with. This one kind of takes it back to those horror roots. It is really scary. So far, it's not like these unlimited zombies everywhere. It is very save your ammo, try to survive, uh, almost like a like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre feel to it, which is really, really kind of interesting. Highly recommend it if you're into horror games. And if you're like me and left the series a long time ago, I hadn't played a Resident Evil game since number three. This one really hit the spot. You missed out on Resident Evil 4? That one was amazing. I did. And you know what? I actually downloaded all of the Resident Evil games onto my Xbox recently. And I just, for some reason, started up with seven because I read you don't have to go in order. But uh, I will at some time play number four. Four is definitely worth the uh, the play. In fact, your review of part seven uh, kind of remind me of, of part four. It has a bit of a Texas Chainsaw vibe at points and... You know, they really reworked the whole control system to make it play a little better. So the last movie I want to talk about today is, uh, well, before we get to our list, I should say, is uh, Whiskey Galore from 2016. Hitler is at this very moment with his Nazi horde just over there in Norway. We must be able to set up roadblock at a moment's notice. One point did strike me, sir. As this is only a little island, all Hitler would need to do would be to turn around and approach from the other side. Yes, I was wondering when you were going to notice that. 
there's some new end to it. This is anarchy. Anarchy? On a Sunday? There is no more whiskey. The island is dry. This day has brought a terrible shock. Nothing but tea. Oh, you would think there was nothing worse than this drought could happen. Is a miracle too much to ask? What is your cargo? Whiskey, 50,000 cases! So this movie is set in 1943, and is about a small Scottish island who they're starting to feel the effects of wartime rationing. Uh, more specifically, they've run out of whiskey. In fact, at the very beginning of the movie, the bartender looks around and says, the island's dry. A man walks out the door and promptly lays down and dies. <laughs> the movie's based on real life events. It's been a couple weeks that they're on this island, and all of a sudden, a boat runs ashore on this kind of reef that's in front of the island. And of course, that boat is loaded with whiskey. This is whiskey all for export to America to kind of, you know, sell the war effort or to fund the war effort, I should say. So the town descends upon it. They get all the whiskey out. And then it's kind of a cat and mouse game between the local authorities and the residents of this small island community. It, it's also a remake of a 1949 movie, which I didn't know when I bought it. I bought it because it was uh, an Arrow release and it was on sale. So I was like, Arrow, on sale. Let's give it a shot. Uh, the 2016 version has Eddie Izzard in it. He is the authority figure trying to catch the people with the illicit whiskey. You know, it's a fun movie. It really comes to a head when they're hiding these bottles all around town of this whiskey. Uh, one guy fills up his water tank with whiskey so he can turn on the tap to get whiskey from his kitchen sink. But you know, the movie overall just plays a little flat. It's okay. It's one of those movies where you watch it on TV, you're like, oh, I kind of liked that. But you're not going to be really recommending it to people. So it's, it's an okay movie. I'm kind of more interested now that I know it's a remake to catch up the 1949 version, though. Uh, I wonder how much being a 1943 movie, the 1949 version might catch the feel of this real life event much better than the 2016 version. That's Whiskey Galore from 2016, and you can get that from Arrow right now, and I'm sure they've got a ton of sales going on for the holidays. Let's get to our list. We're doing top five boutique Blu-ray releases today. This is really fun. It was a good time kind of scouring my shelves to find the ones that I wanted to talk about, and I think I came up with some pretty good picks. I'm sure you did too. Before we get into our picks... I mean, you've been on DVD Talk forever, as have I. What uh, what does your collection look like these days? How many movies do you have? I am still a collector of physical media. I, I'm not 100% sure how many movies I have. Somewhere north of 5,000 at least. Holy moly. So did you have any criteria for your list? Did you like exclude any movies for any reason on your list? So I excluded anything that I'd already talked about on my show and really anything I thought I might talk about in the future. Additionally, I made my list right after we talked two months ago, and I've thought about going back to changing it over and over again, but I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to go with my gut reactions. This is, you know, the raw list. For mine, my, my only real criteria for the list was I kept it to films or discs that were released this year. So I wanted to 
I wanted to play with a couple of rules in my structure, so I made it so that I could only choose movies that were released in 2020. That's one of those things I kind of have a problem with because I always wait till stuff goes on sale. Sometimes I might get a movie, you know, three or four years after it comes out. Yeah, and for at least three of mine, uh, they are actually looking at my list. Yeah, three of mine are films that were very limited, so you could only get them for a very short amount of time. So I couldn't wait on these, but I also do the same thing. I wait for the different sales too. Those are the fun ones right there. I've got a couple of those on my list that you cannot get anymore unless you want to pay out the nose. <laughs> yep. So we're in the same boat there. Cool. Um, the other thing that I kept my list to is each disc is from a different boutique label because I wanted to talk about a couple of different boutique labels that I like. So yeah, I kind of spread them out over five different boutique labels. Same. Good, good. So you're going to have a ton of variety on this show. Sit back, relax, hear about some awesome boutique Blu-ray releases. And I'll let you go first. So uh, number five, what's your number five on your Blu-ray boutique list? All right. My number five is the only one on my list that you can still get at a reasonable price. And that is the very first title released on the Vestron line. It's the 1986 film Shopping Mall. They broke into the mall for the wildest all-night party of their lives. They're dead meat. But you're never alone in the chopping mall. What's that? Robot life. Chopping Mall, of course, is about a group of sex-addled teens they're well i guess they're in their 20s really if you look at them but they're in the shopping mall after dark and the shopping mall has just implemented this new robot security system and well lightning turns the robots crazy of course and they go on a killing spree one of the reasons i picked this movie was i thought it really kind of gave a great example of boutique blu-ray this is a movie that you know the studio doesn't really care about when it first came out on disc ages ago, it was full screen. It was a VHS transfer. You know, you just see those lines going through it every now and then. And that's how it stood for like, what, 10, 15 years? That's the only way you could get this movie. At the end of a DVD, well, if there is an end of DVD, it came out in one of those Walmart eight packs. And that's how the studio felt about this movie. It's one of eight movies that you get for five bucks at Walmart. So I thought this was a really good example of a studio kind of bringing a title, cleaning it up, doing a brand new negative scan, adding special features, elevating material for the mass market, kind of giving the criterion treatment to one of these movies that the big studios could care less about. Yeah, it's a great pick. Vestron, um, Vestron was interesting because they put nothing out for like two years. And then all of a sudden, in September of this year, they just dropped Shivers and Little Monsters out of nowhere. Yeah, that was weird. Have you checked out either of those yet? I bought the Little Monsters release. I have not yet bought Shivers, but it is on the list. I have not watched it, though. I'm curious to hear what you think about the transfer of Little Monsters. You know, I was talking about how good the uh, transfer was of Chopping Mall, but man, Little Monsters does not look good on disc. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the way they intended it or... I didn't have high hopes because Little Monsters came out at like a $12 price point, which is great 
for consumers, but also worried me a little bit about the effort or extras that were put into it. Like 12 bucks seems really low for a boutique price. Agreed. So, yeah, I think even shopping mall still is in the 20, you know, 18, 20 dollar range. And that one came out, you know, at the very beginning of their line. Cool. My number five, we're going over to Grindhouse releasing for their release this year. Well, it's kind of a re-release because they put this out in 2014 and it went out of print very quickly and they decided to put 2,000 more of them back in print. It's a three-disc edition of 1968's The Swimmer. Well, I've got to be on my way. I'm swimming home. You're swimming home? I figured out there's a river of pools all the way to my house. Crazy idea. I think it's a brilliant idea. Well, what are you doing it for? Why do you want to do it? I think it's very original. I mean, I think it's an adventure. Come with me. I bet you never knew I had a big crush on you. You did? I was mad about you, out of my head. Come with me. Ned, please don't. Please leave me alone. We made love together in this pool. And you loved it, remember? I lied. You loved it, Shirley. I didn't. You loved it. Burt Lancaster, as Ned Merrill, a man who confronts his destiny by swimming home pool by pool through the suburban nightmare of upper-class East Coast society. He basically walks out of this party and decides, you know what, I'm going to swim home. And he does it by swimming, basically swimming from pool to pool through his whole neighborhood. And it's almost like this river of time that he goes through. It's got a very unique ending. I won't give away more than that. Grindhouse Releasing did a really great presentation with this. The transfer is awesome. Uh, The slipcover that it comes in is embossed. It's beautiful. And it also came with a CD. So it's got the soundtrack on there. They did a total restoration from 4K scans. It's got a huge documentary in here. It's two and a half hours. It's called The Story of the Swimmer. Uh, It's great. It's got all kinds of interviews. It's got the original New Yorker short story read by author John Cheever. It's got a 12-page booklet uh, with rare stills. It's got all the other stuff that you'd expect, like TV spots and trailers and stuff like that. But what a great package they gave The Swimmer from 1968. Now, the the edition that I have, the three-disc one, is out of print. Like I said, there was only 2,000 available, but there are, uh, I believe they still have the two-disc one in print that you can buy now. When you mentioned uh, Grindhouse, I thought for sure you were going to be like, Mr. No Legs. And I was like, oh my gosh, I should have picked that. Oh, Mr. No Legs uh, is probably a really great release, but I haven't been able to get my hands on one yet. I think they're going to do a non-limited one uh, pretty soon. That's just uh, a slipcover is as the difference so i'd hold on i wouldn't pay those ebay prices on that one so yeah it's my number five the swimmer from 1968 i'm gonna have to check it out that uh is that like a drama it is it's a drama and there's there are some comedic elements in there but it's really heavy on the drama it's a it's kind of a midlife crisis uh dealing with the nightmare that is the american dream Drama is probably the least represented section in my collection, so I'm always looking for new and interesting 
things to delve into in that category. All right, so I guess I'll go on to my number four, and that is the Twilight Time release of Bye Bye Birdie from 1963. This is John Daly reporting with the CBS Mobile Unit, bringing you special on-the-spot coverage of our current teenage crisis over the drafting of Conrad Birdie. Would you like a terrific build-up before the show that'll have every TV set tuned into you next Sunday? Before Conrad Birdie goes into the army, he bestows a farewell kiss on all the swooning girls who worship him on your TV show. Rosie, get the Birdie's fan club file right away and get us a girl from Ohio. Right now, there's a kid named Kim McAfee in Sweet Apple, Ohio. Little does she realize I'm about to make her immortal. This is one of those movies where most people know about it nowadays because of an episode of Mad Men. In fact, I didn't know this movie existed until that one particular episode of Mad Men where you see the Anne Margaret, you know, song in HD. You know, it's not one of the best movies Twilight Time put out. In fact, it's not even the best musical they put out. But as far as having an HD transfer, you know, it's the one that probably most benefits from it. Everybody really hated Twilight Time in the Beetle Ray community when they first came out because they were $35 for 3,000 print runs. And they said, we're never going to release them again. This is your last chance. The Twilight of discs. But every disc that sold out and did really well, they released again. And then every disc that did really, really well, Sony released again. So kind of a joke of a company, really, Twilight Time. But there are a few titles like Bye Bye Birdie that weren't super successful under their initial release. So, you know, maybe, maybe Bye Bye Birdie, the Twilight Time version is the last chance you'll get to play it. Did they go under? Yeah, just recently they went under. Another one of the reasons I picked this movie is because it's one of the only movies on my list that's not from the 1980s. So I thought I needed something to kind of go in there and break it up a little bit. You picked all new stuff. I picked all 80s stuff. We'll go with... Uh... My Vinegar Syndrome pick, which was released during their May sale, limited to 12,000 units and sold out incredibly quickly. Rad from 1986. They say this guy Bart Taylor's going to walk hell track. I don't know. It's going to take a radical miracle to beat this guy. <laughs> yeah. And we're here for the biggest and most important bicycle motocross event ever held, Hell Track. You're gonna do it? You're gonna try to qualify? I don't want to hear any more about it. Okay, dudes, let's walk this sucker. Rad is spectacular looking. It's about a BMX rider, and he's a really talented BMX bicyclist. And the owner of Mongoose Bicycles, a guy named Duke Best, he decides to hold a competition at a nearly impossible to complete BMX racing course named Hell Track. And this kid, Crew Jones, decides that it's his destiny to compete and win in this race. And there's a cash prize of $100,000. Of course, the race is not exactly as it seems and things are the the deck is stacked against Crew Jones, but he's not going to let that stop him. This is a movie that I loved when I was a kid. And up until it was released by Vinegar Syndrome, I don't think there was a way to get this on disc at all. 
and they put it out with not only a great transfer from the original 35 millimeter camera negative, but it had a really great slip cover. It was holographic and a 3D kind of lenticular on the front. It's got two different commentary tracks, one with Bill Allen, the lead actor, one with Talia Shire and Robert Schwartzman. It's even got an archival commentary track, so a ton of different commentary tracks to dig into rad. It's got a couple of new interviews. It's got a rad 25 footage from the 25th anniversary event. Tons of interviews with the cast and crew. It's even got the Break the Ice music video. Um, So go check that out. And of course, like I said before, theatrical trailer, behind the scenes, all that stuff that you just expect on these releases. Such a good release from Vinegar Syndrome. This is one of the titles that made me sign up for their uh, for their subscription because I did not want to miss out on releases like Rad. And this one, if you didn't get in on on it that weekend that it went on sale, like it was gone to the point where now they're going for a hundred to one hundred and fifty bucks on eBay, um, just ridiculous prices. So yeah, that's uh, Rad from nineteen eighty six from Vinegar Syndrome. That one is also in my to-watch pile. I'm excited to be able to get to open that here pretty soon. Also jealous that you're doing the Vinegar Syndrome subscription. I keep looking at that every year, but you know, then I think about all of those Crown International titles. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, you watch it, and if you really don't like a release that they give you, you get the subscription, you get the disc at a discount. You can sell it for almost what you got for it. And even if you lose a buck or two, you just consider it a rental. So to me, the, there's really no risk of, aside from the money that you put up front to join the Vinegar Syndrome subscription service, as long as you are able to sign up for it. They only do it twice a year. So they'll do one uh, Black Friday weekend, and then they'll also do one sometime in May. All right. So my number three is from Severin, and that is the 1983 BMX movie, BMX Bandits. BMX Bandits. They're wild in the streets in a high-flying ride to adventure. It's thrills and spills, fast and furious fun. It's a real blast. Starring, uh, what, a teenage uh, Nicole Kidman? The best way I can describe this movie is it's basically a bit of The Goonies. Uh, done with a slightly older cast in Australia. Of course, BMX bandits, there is going to be tons of BMX bike chases through the city. These kids, they kind of fall afoul of a group of robbers who have stolen a bunch of police radios. They get the radios and, well, the chase is on. This is one of those movies I hadn't heard zero about. I had I heard nothing about it. I hadn't seen a preview for it or anything. But I saw it at Severin, one of their Black Fridays. I thought I'd give it a shot, especially with Nicole Kidman being in it. And I was pleasantly surprised. And I think another example of how the boutique labels can kind of curate movies for you. I really enjoyed this. I look forward to showing it to my daughter uh, here pretty soon when she gets a little bit older. Really great companion piece to Rad. Yeah, that's a good pick. Talking about Severin a little bit, you know, they're kind of one of your tier two blu-ray labels i'm not sure if everyone feels that way but uh, they've done some (laughs) sketchy stuff on a few black fridays here uh things like 
you know, if you spend $200, we'll get something cool for you from our archives. And that cool thing was an enamel pin that they sell for $3 on their site. Or, you know, we're never going to sell this movie again after this Black Friday. Uh, but next Black Friday, we'll sell it. <laughs> kind of a sketchy label. And I got to say, maybe more misses than hits for me from Severn. Although that could be because I'm always buying the Severn clearance stuff. So that could be partially my fault. That's a good lead into my number three, which is also a Severn disc. And I'll talk about my experience with Severn here Ooh. after I talk about their awesome disc for 1971's Blood on Satan's Claw. When the grave of the devil is disturbed by the plow, the satanic essence of evil wreaks violent and revolting revenge. But it weren't human, sir. There were fur. Then it was an animal's remains. It, it were more like some fiend. And the evil grows quickly, attacking first the youth of the village and making them the devil's children. Alf, look, look. Oh, God, I prayed I'd never see that again. That's what they call the devil's skin. Blood on Satan's Claw is widely regarded as one of the best early British horror films that's not a, a Hammer film. This was made in 1971, and it's about this 17th century rural England town that they unearth this human skull. Well, it's it's not really a human skull. It's it's uh, looks kind of like a human skull, but they don't really know what it is. And it spawns this unholy frenzy of carnal insanity. Uh, there's a great performance by Linda Hayden in this. Uh, there's plenty of pagan depravity and ritual summoning. It was scanned from the original negative, a new 4K scan. Of course, it's still just a Blu-ray. They don't do 4K discs at Severin. Got two audio commentaries on there. You got a making of featurette, uh, interview with Pierce Haggard. You've got an interview with the screenwriter, interview with the actor, composer, the set dresser, tons. It's like they got everybody available for this disc, which is really cool all these years later to still have access to so many of these people. And with this limited disc, I was able to get the CD soundtrack as well. So um, just a really great presentation for a very underrated British non-hammer horror film. Is that one still available? No, this is another one of those that were only available for a very limited time during the sale. Ah, The, the very first time that I shopped with Severn was this year, and I kind of built a list up because I knew in May they were going to have a sale. And so I made my list of everything that I wanted to, to get during this sale. And of course, the website pops up and instantly goes down. Every time with Severin. Every time. Yeah. And so it's clear that you have done business with Severin as well. Indeed. So, of course, it goes down. And I, I get it. With some increase of traffic, you're going to see the website maybe go down for a couple minutes. But normally with companies, it pops right back up. Well, this was about an hour and a half that it was down. And I was doing other things, but I was sitting there and I was, you know, kind of refreshing here and there. Still nothing. And I go on Twitter and they they say, hey, our website was hacked. <laughs> it clearly was not hacked. Like own up to the fact that your servers are garbage or the company hosting your servers couldn't handle your traffic, but they made this excuse that they were hacked. They clearly were not. Again, they say it's going to be up another time. And it was just a disaster on the website. I was finally able to get two orders in, but then the waiting game begins. 
Oh yeah. I forgot <laughs> about that. Jeez. Yeah. My first order was maybe two days after the sale started and I didn't get my discs for about two months. Like I had forgotten they were coming and two months later they popped up in the mail. Of course I was missing a disc. Two months, pretty good for Severn, by the way. <laughs> I guess so. I was missing a disc and that disc literally just came in about two weeks ago. And only after I emailed them and they said, oh, you should have gotten it by now. Ordered in May, got in October. Not great. And they also said, we're going to make it up to those of you who were affected during this website shutdown. And they never did. So I find it really, really hard to order from Severn again, especially during one of these sales with the not only the website going down, but just like lying about it. And uh, they were kind of snarky and rude when I emailed them a couple of times. So I would place Severn, you know, just one step above Code Red, really. If you're familiar I remember with the, those, days. those exploits. If you don't have a Code Red disc on your list, uh, maybe you can share those stories. Oh, man. Bill, Bill from Code Red. <laughs> Was he uh, basically a crazy guy who owned a label, essentially? The the guy who made me think, you know, maybe I should open a, a label. I could do better than this guy. Uh, everything from, like, these terrible choices with, uh, you know, some of his DVD menus were literally a toilet with poop coming out. That was the menu of the DVD. And I'm like, well, who, what, what's going on here? That had nothing to do with the movie. I guess the whole thing was he was trying to do septic cinema. And it was just horribly thought out. You can look at some of the art he does for some of the movies. They're just they're all terrible. You know, thinking about Zetter, if you're familiar with it, the other title for Revenge of the Living Dead or Revenge of the Dead, the cover art for Zetter makes it look like a movie that no one would ever want to see. And if you look at the original cover art for Revenge of the Dead, looks amazing. It's got like zombies coming out of a sewer. It's classic schlock cinema art. But yeah, he just uh, just seems to make all the wrong decisions. And then he does interact with the people at Blu-ray.com pretty frequently if you'd like to watch uh, over in his thread. Very bizarrely, too. And I think uh, one year <laughs> he almost went out of business and I had to like talk to him through email to order stuff from him. And it was all stuff that was supposedly out of print that he was sending me. And in reality, he pretends like stuff's out of print and he sells it on eBay for you know, higher price points. You try to get more money per disc from collectors. He's just severing taken to the extreme, I guess. Okay, my number two is a movie that I'm sure everybody listening to this knows. And it's the 1985 classic, The Reanimator. Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. Such drivel. These people are here to learn, and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. What are He's you? brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the six to 12 minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. His experiments have always been unorthodox. It was dead. <sighs> but lately, they're getting out of hand. <laughs> and he's just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. What are you thinking? How do you feel? You? 15 cc's of reagent being administered. Once you wake up the dead, you've got a real mess on your hands. Very specifically, though, it is the Arrow Limited edition of Reanimator. 
This is the only movie I don't have in my collection, and I kick myself every couple of days because of it. I mean, not that I don't have Reanimator in my collection, but this particular one has a combined edition cut of the film that is not available in any other Region 1 release. When the Reanimator originally came out, it had an 86-minute unrated cut, and to get it into the video stores, they had to cut out a lot of the gore, but it made it too short. So they took all the deleted scenes, put them back in the film, and released an R-rated version of Reanimator that was 96 minutes long. And so that's kind of the version I grew up with, was the 96-minute cut of Reanimator. So it's kind of weird for me now when I watch the unrated Reanimator, because it's missing so much plot from the version that I kind of fell in love with. So I was really excited to finally get the combined cut here in America. I know they have it in Germany and several other places in Europe. But again, my cheapness got to me. I waited and I waited. I'm like, surely that'll go on sale. It's not going to sell out. It did. And now it's one of those super pricey eBay titles. Very cool. I almost had a limited edition release from Arrow on my list as well. I really almost picked Donnie Darko. They have a four disc version of Donnie Darko that escaped me and now is over a hundred bucks routinely on eBay that I almost put on here, but I wanted to keep it to discs that I actually had in the collection. Yeah, I get scared with Arrow titles now. I almost want to buy the limited editions right when they come out. And whenever I do, I'm always like, oh, I should have waited for the standard edition. This was just a book. My number two is actually also an Arrow title, and it's a limited edition that I just got in the mail about two weeks ago. It's kind of a lighter title than what I've shown on my list so far. It's from 1995, and it's Kevin Smith's Mallrats. I've never met a person who lives in as much fear of his mother as you do. You know what I should tell my mother what we do in here at night? What, that you play video games and I fall asleep unfulfilled? Oh, she calls you callow in here. You say that like it's bad. Well, it means frightened and weak-willed. That was the only part of the letter I thought was complimentary. This is Brody's private hell. Where the hell did that come from? What's going on here? And these... Brody man, Nietzsche Nochies! ...are his friends. Ow! Oh, sorry. It's all right. It's a stink palm. Take your hand, you stick it like this. <clears throat> there, now you shake hands with the guy. You know how long it takes for that smell to come off? <laughs> it's about these two guys who just got dumped by their girlfriends, and they plan to ease that pain by going to the mall, which I guess you did in the 90s. You don't do that so much now. While they're at the mall, they realize that it's being used as a venue for a dating show in which T.S., one of the guys in question here his girlfriend brandy or ex-girlfriend now is the star and so they hatch a plan to win back their significant others in this mall it's also got cameos by ben affleck and joey lauren adams is in here of course it's a really fun movie and it's one that i've loved ever since i saw it the limited edition contents are fantastic so it's got three different cuts of the film it's got the theatrical cut which i do recommend i've seen the other two cuts and the theatrical cut really is the way to go in this case there's an extended cut which has uh, scenes that were approved by kevin smith to put back in and then it's also got a tv cut of the film where they dub it to cover up the profanity which is really quite funny it's a really sharp looking disc it's got audio commentary of course with kevin smith these i think this one is an older commentary but they put it back on this disc which i was thankful for Brand new introduction by Kevin Smith. And then it's got a ton of the 
extras that you would before have expected from Kevin Smith. He used to put a ton of time into his DVD releases, and this one is no different. It's got the deleted scenes, it's got the outtakes, the behind-the-scenes footage. It's got a Q&A with Kevin Smith that was filmed for the 10th anniversary that has never been seen before. It's got a, just a ton of new stuff, and they kept all the old stuff, which I was, again, thankful for. So 1995's Mallrats, now on disc from Arrow in a uh, limited edition. I think that the only part of the limited edition is a booklet, so you probably don't need to run out and snatch this one up, but uh, good release from Arrow. That is great. I, I love hearing him talk about movies. All right, we are at our number one, our favorite releases on boutique labels. I cheated on this one. (laughs) This is actually a collaboration between two boutique Blu-ray producers. This is the Empire Pictures box set from Full Moon and Scream Factory. Bit of a cheat here, uh, being that it's more like 20 films as opposed to one film. Uh, This is the stuff that Empire Pictures, now Full Moon, made back in the 80s, films spanning the time from 1983 to 1988, stuff like Troll, Ghoulies, Dungeon Master, Trancers, Video Dead, Terror Vision, Crawl Space, Robot Jocks. I mean, this is the cream of the crop, the gold of 80s cheese, all together in one set. A bit of a weird release here. As you know, of course, you know, Scream Factory released all of these as like one, one or two packs. So what Full Moon did was they, I guess, bought 600 of each of these titles. They took them out of the case, <laughs> made their own case and cover art and put them in a box set. It's the weirdest set I have in my house. It's the Scream Factory discs inside a Blu-ray or inside a Full Moon set. And there's a couple of those movies, you know, when they came out as two packs that weren't Empire movies, and they call those bonus films in the set, just because there was no way for them to take them off the discs. Uh, Interesting company, Full Moon. You probably don't want to watch any of their productions that happened after (laughs) 1994. Maybe 1996, if you're feeling adventurous. Pretty much everything they've made in the last 25 years has been hot garbage. They're coasting on what they made in the 80s and 90s. Specifically, Puppet Master. Indeed. For Full Moon, of course, you typically want to wait for their Valentine's Day sale. They're the only company that has their best sale of the year on Valentine's. So definitely recommend them once a year on Valentine's Day. Uh, I've got a bit of an odd history with Full Moon. They almost went out of business like 10 years ago, or they ran out of money or something. Anyway, they had half of a movie in the can. And they were at zero dollars in the bank. And they sent out this letter kind of begging everybody. Did you get this letter back in 2011? The please give us $5,000 letter. (laughs) Yep, I do remember that. Uh, I did that. I gave them $5,000. It was a loan for them to pay back. And they also gave me an evergreen card. So I got more full moon DVDs than I could shake a stick at. You'd think I was a full moon completionist over here, but it was just all (laughs) freebie stuff. But it was pretty terrifying because when time came to pay it back, they didn't send me a check. They gave me a phone call (laughs) saying that uh, we don't have the money. Fortunately, a couple months later, they did finally get the money freed back up and I did get paid back. 
you know, 5,000 turned into 7,600 and tons of free movies. So it was a great investment at the time. And I got my name on some credits somewhere. What was the film in the can or half in the can? It was Evil Bong 3D. <laughs> a quality title. <laughs> I, I watched it. I was kind of embarrassed to be on the credits of that one. It did come with a scratch and sniff card. And there was points in the movie where you were supposed to scratch the card and smell the card with cues that happened throughout the film, which was interesting, I should say. Terrible movie. Terrible 60-minute movie. <laughs> Stuff they did in the past, though, I really enjoy. Obviously, robot jocks. You can't not like robot jocks, right? There'd be no Pacific Rim without robot jocks. There's a lot of movies here. Full Moon kind of left a bad taste in my mouth with the tourist trap stuff. Do you remember the tourist trap kind of? I do remember that. I've got one yeah. of the missing minutes discs. They didn't want to acknowledge it at first, and then they started blaming other people after that. You know, same thing happened with their uh, VHS line. Are you familiar with this? I am. And they said it was. Uh, they said they were original real. ones. Yeah, <laughs> and they were obviously fake. And there's like. <laughs> plenty of detailed youtube videos about here's why they're fake i bought one of them for like 12 bucks just to have i don't have i didn't have any big box titles in my collection so even a repo it was nice to have one yeah they basically said uh we unearthed these old vhs copies and they were not actual vhs copies they were just reprints yeah that's par for the course for full moon all right, let's get to my number one. And then I've got a couple that I want to talk about afterwards that just did not make the list. My number one is from a boutique label that's probably the most well-known boutique label. And it's one of the more prestigious. They actually have their own streaming channel now. It's from the Criterion Collection. Came out earlier this year, 1985's Come and See. So Come and See is a war movie. It is one of the most harrowing war movies that you'll ever see. And if you've seen Saving Private Ryan and were affected by that, there's no doubt in my mind that this will affect you as well. The story goes as Nazi forces encroach on his small village in what is now known as Belarus. Teenage Fliora eagerly joins the Soviet resistance. But rather than the adventure and glory he envisioned, what he finds is a waking nightmare of unimaginable carnage and cruelty. It was a really big project for Criterion to tackle, and it was an amazing achievement from the Soviet director. It was almost blocked from being made by Soviet censors, and just the script alone to make it took seven years. And what came out of it is brilliant. It's amazing, but you don't really want to go back to it. Uh, it was a digital restoration, a 2K digital restoration for the Blu-ray. It's got an interview with famous cinematographer Roger Deakins. It's got an interview with the director's brother. Uh, it's got three 1975 films from a documentary series that were featured firsthand accounts of survivors of the genocide during World War II in Belarus. A ton of interviews, like archival interviews. It's got a short film on there. Of course, the trailer. It's just a really, really powerful movie, and I think more people need to see it. If you're in the mood to be deeply affected, come and see is a fantastic disc to make that happen from the Criterion Collection. That sounds really interesting. Are there any that didn't make your list, but you wanted to kind of recognize real quick, just rapid fire? There's a ton that didn't. It's more like uh, 
labels that didn't make my list that I want to shout out. I didn't name anything Vinegar Syndrome. Obviously, anything 4K, you've got to get from them before it sells out forever. Uh, Tammy and the T-Rex, I did a video on that one. I really enjoyed that. MVD, uh, great label. I really enjoyed their Attack of the Killer Tomatoes discs. Looked great. Garage House Pictures. Have you gotten any of their discs yet? Yeah, I got Ninja Busters from Garage House oh, not yeah. too long ago. I heard your I was review of it. Super disappointed <laughs> with. <laughs> not one of their better movies. I'm a big commentary person, and the commentary on The Satanist, great if you're really into kind of finding lost films and what goes into getting them back on to disc and you know out of some vaults in the desert. Highly recommend the commentary on The Satanist. The movie, I don't really recommend, but the commentary on it with the guys from Garage House Pictures is amazing. And I think one of the uh, better things I watched during the October Horror Movie Challenge. I'll have to check that out. Especially since they're probably going to do another $10 sale here coming up around Black Friday. I had a couple of boutique labels that I wanted to shout out. So Kino, Kino Lorber. Oh, yeah. Uh, always put out fantastic discs. They just didn't get a spot on my list here today but they put out really quality content warner archive is another one putting out the old warner films scream factory didn't make my list but i just picked up a bunch of scream factory stuff i finally picked up the scream factory thing and the blob quick shout out to uh the uk company second site as well they put out a crazy dawn of the dead limited edition the only other set that I wanted to give a shout out to was another Severin set. It was the Al Adamson Masterpiece Collection. All kinds of schlock. 32 films in there across like 14 or 15 discs. Had a huge book, a giant documentary. It was a really well done set, but you can't get that anymore. So that was another one that I wanted to give a shout out to. Another Severin disc. One pops to mind from Kino that you mentioned earlier. I really liked that they actually did special features for cabin boy that was <laughs> one of those movies i watched as a kid growing up everybody hated that movie and that it got special features was amazing well now you have a bunch of boutique blu-ray releases to go and check out so make sure to check these labels out they've got a lot of sales normally they'll do sales everybody does sales on black friday but these folks will do sales intermittently as well so Keep an eye on the website. Stay tuned to places like Blu-ray.com or DVD Talk, and you'll be able to find out when that stuff is going on sale. What do you have to plug here, Ben? Like, what do you want people to check out? What do you want people to see? What do you want people to hear? Well, if you still collect physical media, you might check out my YouTube channel. It's Cinema Adherent because I'm not creative, but I try to make really interesting, at least interesting to me, uh, looks at films specific editions of films their special features it just depends sometimes i'll do deep dives i did a deep dive into the differences between all the different versions of attack of the killer tomatoes that was probably one of my better videos basically it's a master's vet class on attack of the killer tomatoes if you're still buying movies give me a check out uh, i know that's an ever decreasing audience so maybe not for everybody and that's cinema adherent on youtube Cool. Go check out Ben's YouTube channel and get some more physical media going. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, the only requirement is that you love movies and want to talk about them. So if you have a top five list that you want to talk about with me, 
email me at force5podcast.gmail.com or head to the website force5podcast.com, which has a show request form and other Force 5 related stuff. Until next time, stay safe, stay sane, and go watch some boutique Blu-ray releases. Mm -hmm.